Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue podcast. This is Amir from Broncos Avenue and joined by my co-host Trayton. Man, it's great to it's great to have another episode up today, man. I, I love I love doing this show. How, how are you today, man? I'm pretty good. How about you, man? Doing pretty well. Um we uh obviously um it's been a, quite a long break. We've had that uh 10 the Broncos had a 10-day break um all the way up to the um Monday night game heading uh, against the Chargers. Um, a very, very well-anticipated uh, matchup because, you know, everything's on the line. I mean, the Broncos just can't afford to drop to two and four. Um, and then today we're going to be previewing this game. Um, super excited. The Chargers sitting at three and two. The Broncos sitting at two and three. Um, right now it's kind of uh, – this is a very important uh, divisional matchup. Um, it's going to come down to whoever wins this game is going to be right there behind Kansas City. Um Kansas City, by the way, just looks really, really, really good. Um, they're obviously going up against probably their toughest opponent of the season in the Bills. Um, that's going to be a pretty crazy uh, match matchup in Arrowhead. But, um, yeah, the Broncos really looking for a win this week. Um, a lot's on the line. Nathaniel Hackett, uh, Russell Wilson, this offense has faced so much scrutiny. Uh, we, we, we voice our opinions on the uh, Colts game on our reaction episode. Make sure you guys check that out if you have not. Um, but, yeah, how, how are you feeling about this game? Um, what are you kind of looking for? Obviously, um, we kind of lost hope after we seen this team just absolutely disappoint us against some poor opponents and the Raiders and the Colts and the Seahawks. But what are you looking for in this game? How do you think the Broncos can shock people and turn uh, win this game and turn the season around? Well, you know, I just my initial, uh, you know, feeling about the game. I mean, it's kind of hard to have any hope right now. Um, and then, too, I mean, just looking at the last five weeks, I'd say um, even when we've won, it's been really, really ugly. And I just I have no reason to believe that we're going to win this game, you know. Um, however, I mean, I, I will say I do think we'll definitely see a better, uh, better offensive performance this week. Um, and I, uh, part of that is I think you just can't go any lower than you, than you were last Thursday. Um, I think that was probably, I think that was actually by far the worst offensive performance that I've seen probably in the last six years, even counting the, um, even like the Drew Locke and the Teddy Bridgewater era, uh, last Thursday was just all around just an awful game. Uh, and I, and I mean, after we've seen, uh, you know, five we, you know, five weeks of relatively the same thing. You know, you've seen some flashes here and there. Um, it's kind of hard to expect anything but that this Monday against the Chargers. I think we'll see some flashes here and there. Uh, I in the long run, I I don't expect us to win this game at all. But uh, which which you know, it really sucks that we're already at this point in the season, uh, especially with the expectations we had. But. Um, as far as the key to victory, uh, you know, what we need to do, I think all, all around, I mean, obviously the defense needs to keep playing out of its mind. And, uh, you know, but as I, I, I'd say through five weeks, uh, really the, the only problem with this team is, you know, the offense. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, as far as what we need to see from the offense this game, and I mean, that really is just the key to victory is to get the offense going and then let, let's see a complete defensive performance this week as well. Um, 
And that was, that was one thing, again, kind of going back to like what I've said a million times on here is it, it, with this team and this season so far, it's just, if it's not one thing, it's another, the, the one week that the offense did put together uh, a relatively decent performance against the Raiders, the defense kind of shit the bed that week. So, uh, you know, I, I, and I, I will say, you know, just running, you know, Avero has a similar scheme to Fangio and, uh, you know, we've given Justin Herbert and the Chargers, and that's it's a very talented offense. We've given them issues in the past. Um, you know, and I, I really do think that there's I think there's a chance, and obviously that all the that all falls on the offense and whether they get going. But I think like the key uh, specifically on, on offense, the key to victory is just I mean, we need to see improvement everywhere. Um, but really, especially this game with and especially with Latavius Murray now being in the fold, um, you know, I, I really think just establishing the run is going to be the key. Like, it, it's going to be the deciding factor of whether we win or lose this game. Um, I think we've, we we have to win in the trenches, uh, you know. And, too, I mean, every, you know, everybody's slamming rust for playing so awful, and, and rightfully so. But, I, I, you know, another another really important factor into this is the, is the offensive line play, which has not been up to par. Uh, and that's probably generous, but um, I mean, the, the protection and just winning in the trenches is so key to this game uh, with the chargers. They're going to be missing Joey Bosa. Um, and then you got, but you, you still have Khalil Mack out there. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I mean, once you, once you have the run established, I, 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 I think you dictate kind of the whole game. And when, when we saw that in the Raiders game, that's one thing that they did that we didn't they established the run and from there on out, they dictated everything in that game. So uh, I think that's going to be a huge key to this game. You know, uh, obviously the hopes aren't high with Melvin Gordon, who, I mean, after one week still cannot hold on to the football. And I, and I think last week uh, or even last week, you know, even though he was down by contact, I, uh, he, I, I consider that a fumble. It didn't look to me like he was down. And even if he was, that was an extremely, extremely close call still. Um, so I, I my, my hopes in terms of the backfield are not great. Uh, I, I think Latavius Murray, I think he's going to get you a solid three, four yards of carry, which I guess, you know, and for a guy that's 32, hasn't played much football, uh, this year other than the the London game with the Saints against the Vikings and then shortly after hopping on a plane to come back to Denver. But, uh, you know, I just uh, – you can't really expect much from a th- uh, 32-year-old that hasn't played a lot of football this season. And then uh, – so, you know, I mean, my hopes on whether that's going to happen are not very high, but I, I do think that is the key to the game. And then just establishing the run, you know, that, that sets up everything else for the offense, the play action, yeah. the, you know – uh, uh, once you once you have a solid establish, uh, once you have solidly established the run, it's just you dictate the pace of the game at that point. And uh, this is a team that we absolutely have to do that with. And uh, I mean, and then two, you want to keep Justin Herbert and that offense off the field. Um, and I, I think that's going to be the deciding factor on everything uh, with this offense. And I'd, I'd say you could probably, uh, not only for this game, but I, I, I could say that that could be a key to victory for the rest of the season is and just establishing the run. Uh, I don't necessarily think this is an offense, uh, just by what we've seen so far, I don't necessarily think this is an offense that's going to be able to go out 
you know, uh, go out and shotgun every play and just have Russ carry the team on his shoulders and go have Russ throw the ball 45 times a game. Uh, that's just not sustainable and it's not realistic. And then two, also with Russ coming off shoulder uh, or while well, not coming off of just dealing with a shoulder injury uh, currently, um, you know, I, I think just taking as much pressure off of him as you can is uh, a really positive thing for the offense, uh, especially right now, just with the state of his health. And uh, I just, I, 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 you know, if this is a game that we can dictate on the ground and dictate in the trenches, I think this could very easily become a winnable game. Um, if that doesn't happen, though, uh, I, I, I think we see another week of what the first five weeks have looked like, if not potentially worse. Um, and that's just what's so unfortunate about our situation right now. You know, you drop a game like that to the Colts, and it's like, well, where, where are we at now? Because now we got the, the Chargers and Justin Herbert next week, who are obviously a much better a much better team. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I that's, uh, that's my key to victory is just dominating in the trenches and getting the ground game going. Yeah, that's that's where it starts, and that's how you uh, you know build your offense and get rhythm in a game, um, and that's something the Broncos have lacked uh, big time this season. Is um, you know without Javante Williams, they just cannot get anything going on the ground. Um, the offensive line has been slowly decreasing, both pass pro and run blocking, especially run blocking. Man, it's crazy because we had we had one of the best run blocking units. Um, you know, in the league, I feel like it would just look really solid, but it's just been kind of breaking down. And you look at like the Chargers offense, um, at, you know, on that in the running game, Austin Eckler, this dude's coming off in a 170 yard rushing game. I mean, he just looks really, really good. Um, he looks like his rhythm. I know fantasy owners are happy about that, but um, yeah, that's something the Broncos are gonna have to stop because. I like that you brought up early on about the Raiders because they had a really bad defense and the Chargers, despite having many big names and having big expectations on that side of the ball and having a defense, a young defensive uh, minded head coach on your team, leading your team, they have been terrible on defense. I mean, you look at JC Jackson has just been looking awful. He's looking like um, prime Trayvon Diggs, <laughs> And then um, just overall, they've been really bad on defense. Um, if you, uh, I want to kind of dive into their numbers. The Chargers defense is giving up 27 points per game. This is like when we were going against the Raiders, we're like, all right, this should be a really good game for the, the our, our offense. And it was solid at first, but we kind of, towards the end, we just couldn't really uh, do anything. Um, and then our defense just kind of gave out. I'm really hoping it's not another one of those games. Um, Nathaniel Hackett's offense, they gotta they got to figure out how to consistently – put up points and find a rhythm and just gain momentum and let it stay that way. I mean, this is not, a, we can't afford to have another game where, okay, we take advantage of a good defense and we just kind of slowly decrease in the defense as well. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it was with that, but yeah, the chargers defense giving up 27 points per game um, on the offensive side of the ball, they are scoring 24 points. 24.4 points per game. Like you said, uh, incredible offense. Justin Herbert is has passed for 275 plus in every game so far this season. This is the biggest test for the Broncos secondary this uh, season by far up to this point. Um, you look at all, all the other passes, passers against this uh, secondary. Um, Rod, 
Matt Ryan threw for 251 yards, given he did play in overtime. And then Jimmy G is, uh, are, is the second closest with 211. Besides that, the Broncos secondary has not allowed a passer over 190 yards or 195 yards. So it, it's pretty incredible how, how great the secondary has been. But this is going to be um, the first game that we see without Ronald Darby. And I'm kind of nervous for that. We talked about this in the last pod. Um, Damari Mathis is going to have to step up huge. I mean, we're going to have to – because the Broncos, um, you know, the game is a few just a few days away, and the Broncos did not sign a single cornerback. Um, I, I assume they have really a big faith in Damari Mathis. They played him a lot in the preseason, and they've given him uh, quite uh, some quite uh, a decent amount of reps, um, especially with Ronald Darby going down in the Colts game. Um, he was kind of – I wouldn't say get I wouldn't say he was getting torched, but he was giving up some to Alec Pierce. Uh, I know he's playing a little bit of zone. Um, and his heart, and he's more of a a man to man press corner. But I want to see Damari Mathis um, improve a lot. This is a situation where, um, you know, I love Damari, but this is this is not a situation where you want to see your fourth round rookie starting. Um, you know, hopefully he can uh, mold into something like what Tariq Woolen is doing. Tariq Woolen looks like a beast, and he was a late round uh, rookie pickup um, corner for the Seahawks. So. Hopefully, Damari Mathis could be someone huge. Um, there's been some people that have flourished about him. He's going to be huge for this defense. I think he's one of the biggest, um, you know, biggest factors in this game because Justin Herbert in the offense, you already know, they're they're not looking at PS2. They 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 dealt with him. They're like, all right, yeah, we know, we respect. I'm sure Brandon Staley knows that PS2 is the best corner in the league. You're not going to want to throw his way, regardless of Keenan Allen's going to be active or not. Uh, PS2 is going to be matching up on their best receiver, but they're going to be looking at Damari Mathis almost all the time. That's going to be huge for this matchup um, because the Chargers have just put up so many passing yards, uh, which leads to points. And I think the scariest thing about the Chargers is they're able to win games without even doing much on the ground. You look at some games and Austin Eckler, um, Eckler literally has put up like 35 yards um, I believe it was the first uh, week against the Raiders. He literally had like 35 rushing yards, and they beat the Raiders. You look at the Chiefs game, and he he had like hardly anything, and they only lost by a field goal, and that was because you know Mahomes was Mahomes in the fourth quarter. Um, it's crazy. They the Chargers can win games just with Justin Herbert and not even developing much on the ground. I mean, you know, and it's kind of scary because Eckler has been getting going lately. Um, he completely torched the Browns last week. Um, granted, the Browns haven't been too great in that category, but um, yeah, this is going to be huge. The Broncos, the Broncos just have to make sure. Um, and this is kind of a thing in the past where the Broncos have contained Austin Eckler really well, but you can't just rely on that past statistic and history to um, you know continue uh, in this game. Um, I'm sure the Broncos have a lot of respect for uh, Austin Eckler and that offense. Um, I think their defense, honestly, is extremely overhyped, and you know fans are catching on to that now. I think our offense will have a pretty uh, solid game. I think fans can. Uh, uh, I, I, I mean, I don't want to jinx us and say they can count on that because you know what did we say about going into the Raiders game? Um, the Colts have a really good defense. I mean, all credit to them. One of the best defenses in the league. Um, the Broncos' offense obviously struggled with that. Um, Stefan Gilmore is incredible for them, but, you know, uh, moving aside from that, the Broncos really need to take advantage of this offense to defense matchup because it is in our favor 
despite the lack of success, I think the potential is still there. It's just can they put it together against a weak uh, Chargers defense? Yeah, you know, and, you know, that I mean, that's the – that I mean, and that's just the big question every Denver and every Denver fan has right now. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I, I'd say we're probably lucky to be two and three, and you know, and I, I'd say we're one of those teams that could easily be zero and five, and we're also another team that could easily be five and zero. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and that's you know that 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 that's just like this is the week. This is the week. Uh, we have got to see some form of life. Uh, with the offense, we, you just have to. Yeah. Uh, it's just what we've seen through five weeks is just absolutely unacceptable, uh, especially considering the talent level on this offense. And um, I, I just looking at this game, uh, I love the offensive matchup for Denver, but uh, it, it's and I like and like you said, I also love the offensive matchup against Vegas, and look what happened there. Uh, yeah. I mean, I. I l- l- let alone that was their best game all year, but still it wasn't anything impressive. And then, I, I mean, mean, for it, it's sad that that was their best game of the year. Well, yeah, it, well, yeah, exactly. Have it, your best game being in a game in which you were held to what was it? Six or seven yards through an entire quarter. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, that's just absolutely unacceptable. Uh, and, and not even that it's embarrassing. Um and that's what I want to see the most. I want to see a complete game from just from this team, not just offense, not just defense. I want to see a complete game. Uh, as much as as much as I criticize the some of the play calling and whatnot and the offensive mistakes, and being held to six yards in the third quarter in the Raiders game, as much as I criticize that, I, I would say the offense did enough to get a win there. Um, and then the defense shit the bed that week. And then it's just vice versa. It's uh, so I, I'm really looking to see a complete game. Uh, finally, I do. And I eventually here soon, I'd I, like, I'd like to get like a comfortable win, not just squeaking by, by one or two points or uh, Russ pulling something out of his ass in the fourth quarter. I like, I, I just want to see a complete football game from start to finish. And that's something that this team has not been able to even have a chance of doing. Uh, you know, and that's, I think this game is, uh, definitely uh, there. I think there's definitely, uh, matchups available where I think this could be the game. Uh, like you said, we already know that the offensive matchup is extremely favorable, you know, and then they got JC Jackson out there and he's been virtually like, not, not just bad. He's been almost unplayable at times. So, uh, and this is supposed to be a top five corner in the NFL. So hopefully, hopefully they'll have him out there. Uh, but you know, it's just, uh, we, we've got to see a complete game from this team at at some point to have any hope for this season, let alone the future of the team. Uh, you know, and I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but it's, it's just like looking at the last five weeks, uh, I just have absolutely no reason to believe good or bad defense that this team is going to perform, uh, or at least offensively. Um, but as far as the matchups on paper do go, I, I, I would normally feel very confident, but I, I, then again, I've, I've felt confident for the last two weeks and we've, we've seen how that's played out. So, um, at this point, uh, I, and I know this probably sounds stupid, but, uh, 
not not that anyone cares, but I'm at the point where they almost kind of have to gain my trust back. And like I, I I have no reason to have faith or hope in this team until we start seeing improvements offensively, until we can start seeing them put together complete games as a team. Then I'll start to have faith in this team again. But so far we've we've seen absolutely none of that. So, uh, but and then and then just looking switching over to a, a defensive matchup perspective. Uh, I know you touched on Eckler and him having a having a starting to get rolling and having a, a few really good games. And I, I I would like to point out, you know, the the Browns defense is really banged up, especially their run def- defense. That's by yeah. far uh, their their weakest area on defense. And they went I, out I, and got Deion Jones for a reason. Yeah, and, and I, well, I I'm do sorry, believe- Deion Jones. Yeah, I, and I do believe that they actually rank in like the bottom quarter of the league as far as run defense go, and the Texans as well, which are both games in which Eckler uh, won off. So I, yeah, I, I'm, not, really good. I'm not too uh, convinced. I'm not. I'm not really on the Eckler hype train yet. I, I don't. I don't see it yet. Uh, but I mean, this was a Chargers offense, and I'd say talent. I'd say talent-wise, maybe not heading into this game, but talent-wise this year, just as far as what we have on the roster, I'd say this is by far our uh, most talented defensive roster we've had since probably 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, but, at, you know, probably that that's probably not true going into this game, like you said. Uh, and Damari Mathis, he's going to be a key player. Uh, he is going to have a huge role in the outcome of this game because, like you said, you know, uh, they they aren't going to look towards PS2 often, if at all. Uh, and I mean, and Herbert and Staley would know that very well, considering what happened <laughs> on high last year. But I dare them to throw his way, bro. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, you know, and, and that's just a legacy game. Yeah, um, but yeah, and going going back to Damari Mathis, it's just uh, you know he he is going to be a key player in this game because they're going to pick on him all game long. Um, and I actually, I, I feel, I feel as though I feel better than most about that specific matchup. Um, I thought Mathis played a, I, I, I think he played a better game last week than what people gave him credit for after Darby went out. Um, you know, I, and there were a few plays on film, you know, that he, he was in position to make a play. He just didn't. And I, I don't yeah. really think things like that are, uh, like, that's not something I'm going to knock on a player, uh, too much, like, and, make any outlandish predictions yet but i mean mm-hmm. it, like it shows that he has the physical tools and ability to you know be in the right spot to make a play uh you, now you just gotta go finish and uh and i i have full con i have full confidence that he can do that uh i yeah. i don't necessarily think he's gonna be an elite corner but i think he can be serviceable and someone who and someone who can step in there so but yeah, yeah I know. Exactly- I, I know Albright was saying that he was more than a- he's more of an athlete than corner, and I can kind of see it because, like you said, he was putting himself in the, his position, and he's he has like the raw skill to be there. It's just is he going to get the fundamentals down? Exactly, you know, and that's another thing. He, you know, I think that's one thing uh, Damari is going to really improve on just as his career goes on. Uh, and I think that's a great quote by Albright. And that's one thing I noticed watching his film before the draft and uh, whatnot, but he like, he, he is a great athlete. He's got a, he's got a plethora of raw tools um, and, and abilities that are great to have, but 
Um, as far as just being like technically sound and whatnot, I, I think that's an area that he does lack in. And if he can get that cleaned up, I think he could actually, I think he could turn into a, not only a serviceable corner, but I think he could even turn into a high end starting corner if everything goes right for him. But just as far as this game, uh, I would say even defense, not even just for that specific matchup, I would say defensively, uh, just Mathis being better in those situation situations where he needs to be technically sound. I think that's going to be a huge, uh, huge factor in the outcome of this game. And if he can get that cleaned up, then I think I, I, I have no concerns about the defense. Yeah. He has insanely high potential, uh, upside. And I think that's a big reason why the Broncos, uh, George Payne took him. Um, I mean, that's just one of the biggest, uh, like, things that kind of opens your eyes with him like when you watch it on film he likes he looks like the most athletic guy in the field um he just he needs to watch more of that film and you know kind of take things from certain players and uh figure figure those things out with the coaching staff to make him become a better player and you know i i really uh, i believe you know christian parker and them can help him uh you know turn him into a great corner um but yeah, this is just a, a big game for him because you know he's still a rookie and it's early in his rookie season and he's already asked to be the starter right beside um, uh, PS2 and you know this is a spot where Ronald Darby was excelling in. He was having a really quietly amazing season and obviously goes down with that torn ACL, very unfortunate. But yeah, to, to try and re, uh, replace a guy like Darby's shoes, um, you know, this early in the season, you're starting against uh, Mike Williams or. Keenan Allen or whoever they're going to line up there at the outside, um, depending on the injury uh, report outcome, it's uh, it's going to be a hell of a test for him for sure. Um, and kind of looking at our uh, speaking, staying uh, to the topic of our uh, defense, um, this defense is allowing six only only sixteen point points per game this season. That's pretty incredible. That is tied for third in the NFL. And the total on the total season, they have only allowed six touchdowns. Um, tied first with the Colts. Um, obviously, that could have been changed um, uh, had they not kind of had a few hiccups in the um, in the way opener against the Seahawks. But yeah, this defense is just incredible. I just think um, you know with the Chargers' defense, the, their their defense isn't going to win them games. I mean, you look how how bad how bad they are. They they don't do enough for them to win games. It's always their offense that propels them. And, you know, I think I know some people are like, well, well like, duh, the Chargers, um, you know, their offense is the one that the ones that put up points. But I know I feel like their defense gives a, a, a lot of points and has puts their offense in a tough position. And Justin Herbert is so damn good. I mean, this dude, he, he doesn't even need a run game to be to, to win his team games. I mean, if you put him with a, a team that is like run first, he could be MVP, like no question about it. So the secondary, it's the biggest test for them uh, this season um, so far, maybe the biggest test for them all season aside from Mahomes. But yeah, this is such a crucial game. I mean, obviously it's a divisional game. We're right there neck and neck to take the second spot. It's huge because and I feel like the Chargers is always a winnable game. That's something to take into account. I don't know why. It just feels like the, despite how bad we can always be, if we had Drew Locke starting this game, we, we probably still would have a chance. Um, you yeah, know, you it, know it, 
I'm, I'm glad you touched on that because that is one thing I have noticed, uh, regardless of how bad we've been. And that's the thing. I mean, I, I, I've always looked at the Chargers. They, they always seem to be a team that always has like a Super Bowl caliber roster. They just never make anything of it. And they that's play why down to people. It, it, exactly. You know, and that's why I think I think and they're also there. I think uh San, not San Diego, LA. I think they're a team that's similar to Seahawks in the fashion that they they cannot win or lose a game without giving their fans a heart attack. You know, they're. I think they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna play exactly to the level of whoever they're playing. Um, and like you said, you know, it, regardless of what the rosters look like year to year, I I always feel like the Chargers is a winnable game. Yeah, and if it's a one possession game, you can count the Broncos to win this one because them and the Lions are so so bad in those uh those close games and just like blowing leads too it's it doesn't matter who's on the team who's the head coach like that them the in the the falcons are just cursed i don't know what it is but dude it's it's crazy i want to actually i don't want to get too off topic but i saw this thing um it was kurt banker uh banker i'm sorry if i say his name incorrectly but he was the former uh backup quarterback or third string quarterback for the falcons and he said that on the sidelines whenever the falcons would have a big lead that they would like he said this on a podcast he said whenever the falcons would have a big lead or and they're like going into um halftime or in the locker room or even on the sidelines when they had a big lead the team would just feel more anxious than before the game like and they, he said, look, there, there's like a kind of like a feeling in a sense that they were going to lose the game. And like they knew that they were going to lose the game. That's just that's wild to me, bro. Like, I wonder if the Chargers have that same like shitty feeling in their stomach when they have like a big lead and they're about to blow it. Uh, I mean, they don't blow as, as many leads as the Falcons do, because, man, I don't know. After that Super Bowl against Tom Brady, it just kind of never has been the same. They've just kind of repeated that issue. But. That that's that's just wild to me. Yeah, you know, and that's actually really interesting that you break that up, that you bring that up because I mean, it, from like that's such an awful position to be in if you really think about it. Like, I mean, that's probably great for us, but and you know, and I actually being in a, I would love to be in a close game situation with the Chargers this week <laughs> uh, because Brandon Staley is their head coach, and uh, I mean, he he coaches the Chargers like he's playing like like I do playing Madden. Uh, I mean, it's really, I have really, uh, I've really never seen anything like him as a head coach, as far as decision-making goes, Hackett would be a close second, but, um, what was that decision he made against the Browns? He went on, I I can't remember exactly what yardage was left, but I, they went on it for like, I think it was like fourth and two or fourth and three, and they went for it with, they they had the lead, they were up by one point, so all they all they had to do was not let the not let the Browns get in field goal range, yeah. and uh, yeah, they and they uh, they went for it, they missed it, they they didn't get the first down. Uh, and then, mind you, the, the reason why it was such a dumb decision is because with the game on the line, I believe there was like less than a minute 30 left. They went for it behind the 50-yard line. <laughs> oh so, so, I mean, they don't get the first down, and the Browns are basically already 10 yards into, like 10 yards away from being in field, field goal range or already in field goal range. And then they, they get lucky because Cade York misses the kick. 
Uh, that is decision making I have never seen. I mean, I wouldn't even do that if I'm playing Madden. My God, like, dude, uh, imagine Hackett and Staley just like literally just draw up like before the game, just like, all right, who can make more gutsy, very questionable decisions to cost the game, and that we just like keep going for it. Oh, that's what I, you know, and that that's one thing I'm really curious to see, like. I think this could be a really interesting uh, game purely from a coaching standpoint. You know, I think, I, I think it's pretty safe to say that Staley and I mean, Staley's been doing this since he's gotten in the league. I haven't seen anything as egregious as what I saw Sunday going for it behind the 50 with the game on the line uh, when you're ahead. Uh, <laughs> I still haven't seen anything like that. And even Hackett's decision to kick a 60 yard field goal rather than put the ball in the hands of your $250 million quarterback. Uh, I, I still, I think Staley's beat that. Uh, but yeah, from a coaching standpoint, this should be a really uh, not even, int- this should be like a stupidly fun matchup. I, I think, I think we are going to see some really, really just ab- blatantly idiotic coaching decisions. And I am so here for it. Hey, speaking of the $250 million quarterback, can we talk about, how crazy the media has been with Russell Wilson over the last like week or so. I mean, you're talking, I literally the other day I get on my phone and I'm seeing that people are sending like death threats and shit. And there's like, um, Kyle Brandt calling out his wife, like getting his wife involved in this. And then future apparently is trying out for the Broncos quarterback spot, which obviously is a troll, but Holy hell. Russ is like, He's going through it, man. I'm actually glad. Uh, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I forgot the last show that you and I did together was the the Colts pregame and uh, the Kyle Brandt stuff and all that, like all that funny stuff followed the next in the following days. But yeah, I wanted to address that. First off, I think uh, Kyle Brandt, and I'm actually I'm I'm a fan of him. So th- this was pretty. I think he's shocking. a good guy. This was pretty shocking to me. Uh, I'm going to make some comments that people are really, really, really not going to like. Uh, and and I, I'm, I'm glad also to know that I just wasn't saying shit at the end of the other episode just because I was mad. Uh, but, yeah, I I definitely think that there are some truth. There is some truth to what Kyle Brandt was saying. I, I mean the poser. Like, I can see the poser thing. I mean Russ. Russ like tries so hard. Like I love. I love you, Russ. But he tries what, yeah. to be something else all the time. He he's try. Yeah, and just like the corny one liners about adversity and things. Like I'm. I'm still. I still stand exactly by what I said on the on the last episode. Uh, I I'm done with the Broncos country. Let's ride the the one liners about facing adversity. I'm I'm so done with all of that shit. Go out and win football games, then you can be corny. Then that like you have that privilege. Then you, you don't now. Nobody wants to hear it. Uh, but anyway, as far as Kyle Brandt, I just thought it was really weird because you know I, it is perfectly perfectly understandable i don't give a shit how hard you criticize russ for the way he played on thursday it was it, and it was disgusting and then after i usually usually i'm furious after after games and bad quarterback performances but then i go watch the film and i'm like oh okay well i you know i feel a little bit better now i actually felt a lot worse after i watched the film on russ and that that's 
that's pretty telling at where we're at right now. But with the Kyle Brandt situation, I think that is just so backhanded because, um, and again, like, yeah, like I said, I think there's some truth to the, like the poser comments and just trying to be something he's not. But um, as far as like bringing Ciara into it, uh, you know, and then just attacking his person, like him personally and his personal life, like that's just completely un- uncalled for. And to me, it, it almost just the vibe that I got from that is that really seems like a person that has some sort of resentment towards Russ for whatever reason. Um, I, I don't know why he brought up personal issues when we're trying like this. This is a football show. But we are going to criticize guys uh, solely off of football things. Yeah, uh, that shit was that shit was personal. Yeah, it was personal. It was completely uncalled for. Because um, apparently and, uh, there was like a, um, I don't know what event it was. Oh, it was the NFL Honors. I don't know what the, the, the truth to this is, but apparently Russ and Sierra, and it makes sense he brought up Sierra, um, they were walking down the red carpet and apparently like Cal Brandt was like trying to get their attention or something and they just did not acknowledge him at all, which well, I think is fucking hilarious. He, oh, he, he wanted, wanted an interview. And, well, and let's screw him, bro. It, well, yeah, and that's completely understandable to me because when you're at the NFL Honors, uh, you're, you're there to enjoy, like, at least in my eyes, uh, yeah, that's great if a player, want, if someone there wants to go take an interview, great for them. But I can also completely understand the perspective of just wanting to go and enjoy the show. And I and he said that he, he and what Brant said on Good Morning Football, which, again, this is where, this is where I disagree with him, is that he's saying that Russ thinks he's too good for everyone and uh, like, and then start attacking him, like his personal character saying that players hate him. Like he's not a locker room guy. And if you're going to be like Russ, you either got to be a really like a damn good player. Uh, You either got to be a great locker room guy and a shitty football player or a great football player and a shitty locker room guy. And I, I, I just like neither of those stand true with Russ or anyone for that matter. Um, you know, I think uh, I, I I think that was just a really weird rant for him to go on. I and I like I said, you know, when he was talking about football, I agreed with everything. I mean, that was one of the genuinely one of the worst quarterback performances I have seen, not only just with the Broncos, but just since I've been watching football. It, it was just awful. Um, and I mean, the the offense, the rest of the offense didn't help him much, but I mean. It, Regardless, Russ made some pretty awful decisions and throws in that game. But uh, yeah, regardless, I, I just I, I thought the all of the football related uh, criticisms were uh, completely fine. And I just go, you know, you shouldn't be criticizing a player uh, off field for on like you shouldn't be cons- criticizing a player for off field issues when the problem in reality is just on field. Uh, everybody, nobody's happy. Everybody wanted to see Russ succeed, but it hasn't happened so far in Denver. Um, and that's just, he, I think he just went on a personal tirade, uh, attacking his character just because he didn't have anywhere else to go to. Um, and then as far as, uh, oh shit, what was the other thing that you brought up? My mind's going dead here. Uh, I believe that was it. I'm not sure. It was the Kyle Brandt. Oh, and the, oh, just like the the heat that Russ is getting on social media and whatnot. Yeah. Um, you know, I think one thing that that is playing a really big part into this, and I won't even lie. You know, I'm jealous and I'm I'm bitter. I'm pissed. Uh, but I think 
the thing that's like inflating the situation so much bigger than it really is is just because Gino has been balling. Like Gino, yeah, that's true. Like I, statistically, I and I hate to say it, but Gino has been a top five quarterback in the NFL through five weeks. Well, I mean, he's uh-huh. the most accurate. Like literally, look at the statistic; it, it literally suggests that he's the best. He's the most accurate quarterback in the league right now. Yeah, and I mean, and I like some of it, and not, and it's not just like you can't say this is a fluky performance. I and that's what I did say through the first two weeks. Dude, it's but, crazy because he's been dropping like literal dimes. Like he's been in the league ten years. Like, where did this come from? Is it like is? And I don't know if it's a like a product of the system or like he's been on the Seahawks for a little, a little minute now, and he, all of a sudden, man, he's just like Russ is gone, and it's like the torch. Like it's like that movie, um, Thunderstruck, where the powers KD passes on the powers to the kid. Like, is that what we're saying here? Russ gives him the football, and you know, Russ is Geno now. I, I mean. Yeah, I don't, I really don't know, you know, and that's the thing, like, it's not even, it's not even just the statistics that are making Gino look good, like, go watch some of the throws that dude has been making, I mean, and they're absolutely, and you know, I I absolutely hate to see it, uh, especially considering my Drew Locke agenda has been dead for, I, shit, I'd say probably, I'd say probably five weeks now. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. But yeah, I, I think it, I think if Gino, uh, well, and that's what makes no sense about Gino playing so well is, I mean, he filled in for Russ for what, two, three games last year. He looked nothing like this. Yeah. The, I mean, the Seattle offense was awful with him. It, it was bad. Uh, and it's, and Gino has looked bad for, I mean, maybe not terrible, but you know, he has not looked like really like a starter at any point in his career other than now. And then uh, you can't say Gino had a full offseason of reps because he was literally battling for the, the quarterback spot, the starting quarterback spot with Drew. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and that's – and it doesn't make sense. Well, and two, and he's been in Seattle for multiple seasons, so he knows the system. Uh, yeah. You know, he, he knows what they want to do on offense, and I, I, just don't, I just don't understand why we haven't seen that Gino until this year. And that's where I think we're at a point where it's gone on for five games now, uh, where you can't say it's a fluke. He he has put up five weeks of consistent great performances. Uh, I think I, I, I probably like sorry. his worst game was no, you're good. Um, his probably I wouldn't say his worst game, but one of his worst games was against us. Oh, easily. Yeah, and uh, you know. It, and even then, I mean, he was throwing dimes in the first half, and he like, and even in the second half, he wasn't he wasn't bad by any means. Uh, but they just they didn't do anything. Yeah, you know. But and even then, but that's like that's what I expected from Gino. It's like okay, now we're turning up. Uh, now we're giving them. We're, you know, the the secondary is playing out of their minds. The defense played great in the second half, and I thought he would. I thought for sure. Uh, I mean, I was so confident going into that game. I was like, oh, yeah, the defense is going to get, like, two, three picks off Geno. Russ is going to ball out. And, I mean, Russ did ball out that game. That's uh, off topic. But as far as just, like, Geno and the defense, even after we shut him down, he, like, nobody was open for him. And then he was running for his life. But even then, he wasn't making dumb decisions with the football like we've seen him do in other years in his career. So, yeah, I, I just – I have absolutely uh, 
no clue where any of this uh any any of this stuff that we've seen from Gino I don't know where this came from and I just remembered the last uh the the one point that you made uh on future trying out for the Broncos uh I I was just I I had to make the joke I mean shit at this point he wouldn't he couldn't be any worse than what we've seen from Russ and shit I mean Oh hell no, man! That's I mean, <laughs> the the locker room would be vibing at least like uh, at least. Yo, like, yo, that's that's messed up, bro. Future, future's future's just coming back for uh, Sierra. That's it's all that's all it is. That's crazy though, man. He's literally like trying so hard to get into Russ's head. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I, I find it just a tad bit funny. But it is kind of funny. I, I it, but I think that's also just my bias because Future is like one of my favorite rappers of all time. So, yeah, I mean, Russ, Russ kind of has to expect this. He literally is the stepfather of Future's kids. So, um, I, I, I will, you know, I'll give him that though. Like Russ handles it really well. I think he, yeah, he does, bro. I literally just found that. If you guys didn't know that, Future. Literally had a kid with Sierra, and Russ is literally fathering his child. Um, his the kid's name is literally Future. Um, it's it's kind of crazy to me. I I literally found that out the other day. It's it's uh, it's it's crazy, and um, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. If there's jealousy or something, but uh, I mean, Future is Future. The dude's like fucking millionaire. He's balling. One of the best rappers in the industry. Um, he's literally brought up Sierra's names and a name in a few songs. So. Um, yeah. Okay. This is a really, really dumb question, but, and I, cause I, I've known this, I, I found out about all that stuff. Like, uh, it was because I saw that, uh, Russ and Ciara went to a party somewhere and, mm-hmm. uh, future. And it, it was like a party with like just a bunch of famous people. It wasn't even for football or anything, but there was like this big, uh, gathering slash party slash event that a bunch of famous people were at. Russ and Ciara were there, and then Future showed up to the party. They had no clue. Oh hell! And then, and then both of them left, and that that was how I found out. And then shortly after, I found out about uh, like Future having or Future's kids uh, being with Ciara and whatnot. Uh, and I I don't know. I I just like I I think that dynamic is just so funny. But uh, I mean, like this is a and this is such a dumb like thought to have but i have always wondered in the locker room i mean because i like you know you know damn well like you know like i i guarantee you there are at least some players i think i know you're about to say there there are some players on in that locker room that like future like that (laughs) they'd be bumping that shit on the speaker russ walks in he's like yo yo come on man that's not riding we're not riding like and that's what I mean. That's, that I've always wondered that since Russ, since I found out about the future and Ciara thing, I have been thinking about that every fucking day since. Dude, I you know what I was home. thinking? You know that viral uh, meme of Russ? This they say like he's ro- he's a uh, he's a uh, rotating like a rotisserie chicken, and he's like sticking his arms out on the Seahawks logo and like turning. Yeah, like, and he's like he has like playing the music, bro. Imagine he was just vibing, and that future song pops up on the playlist. <laughs> oh, oh my god that would be that would be comedic gold and he's got he's like he's like a perfect guy he's got to show like the perfect character to everybody he just gotta play that shit off and then he he just walks to the locker room like fuck man like what the hell happened to my playlist but um oh, that that's amazing <laughs> that that is 
comedy gold right there. Oh, that'd I, be funny. Oh man, that that yeah, that's awesome. Bro, but, and going back to Kyle Brandt, dude, this dude, it's it's ironic that he says this shit because that like the corniness and stuff, because literally three days ago, like right after all this shit, he literally posts um uh I'm gonna I'm gonna quote it. He says nine minutes of angry runs, grr, ten seconds in a commercial break, and it's just a, a gif of them like petting his hair like combing his hair and shit like catering to him it's the cringiest like corniness corniest shit and it's like bro i don't know if russ is rubbing off on you or something or you're trying to have a a corny competition but bro like that's hella ironic um yeah this i don't know i i really don't care i mean it's the media bro like at, at some point you have to realize like it's all just like jokes and stuff i mean he obviously took that personally but like whatever russell wilson is russell wilson i mean this dude, if there's anybody, if there's anybody in the league that's like gonna be completely unfazed and not let shit get to them, it's gonna be Russell Wilson, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, and that's that that is one thing I give Russ credit for, and just like the way he, the way he has his mindset. Uh, I think he is, you know, and I think he says a lot of cle- just really cliche and corny stuff at his press conferences, um, but. I, he, he did say one thing, like he said, I'm built for, or like, or he was asked on how he handles uh, criticism in times like mm-hmm. these, and he said he was built for it. And I, I that love is, that. Um, you know, I mean, it, it sounds cliche, but that is one of the few things that he said in that, in that fashion that I actually agree with. Um, you know, he, he's never really shown any or paid any attention to the media his entire career. I've never seen him uh, speak out about anything. He, for the most part, just keeps his head down and works. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, you know, you've got to respect that. And so I, I don't really think that the, the outside noise of the media is going to really play a factor at all. And like in terms of his actual performance, but um I, I, I do think that this week, and I, well, and I mean, at this point, it should, it's any week now. Um, if we can put like if we can string together uh, a few consistent games before the bye, where Russ looks good and the offense is clicking, I mean, there there's time to change this narrative, and then not only that, but get the season back on track. Uh, you know, I think uh, you know, sitting at two two and three, we got the the Jets, Chargers, or the the Chargers, Jets, and Jacks coming up. I think all I think all of, all three are very winnable, and I think we should probably even be favored in two out of two out of the three. Um, I mean, if the offense can get clicking this week, and then we can see that carry over um, throughout the you know just the coming weeks, especially before the bye, I really do think that we can't. Like, I think that Russ and the like just the team in general can change that narrative. Yeah, I like our chances a lot these next uh, few games heading into the bye week. I mean, you really got to win all these games. Um, you know, granted, that's what we said about these first five weeks. And, you know, um, look how it, it turned out, the result. But, um, you know, maybe it maybe really is just early season struggles. I mean, a lot of people predict this, predicted this and warned uh, Broncos fans about. And, you know, I, I like um, – there were some people talking about this, and I really liked, you know, this perspective. A lot of fans really expected – perfection and just right out of the gate like russ and hackett just getting everything down just go out firing um no preseason reps just everything's great the broncos are first in the afc west um 
you know, best case scenario, they're like, what, four and one. I mean, just doing absolutely incredible. I mean, no, that's not how it's going to work with a very inexperienced offensive coaching staff. Um, the defense has been lights out. I mean, credit to them. Um, despite, you know, the lack of uh, play calling experience and just the ex- uh, coaching experience at the coordinator positions in general. Um, I mean, defense special teams has improved a lot, um, even though our, our defense is still good last year. But uh, yeah, I mean, the offense, dude, there's so there's so much lack of experience there that at some point you have to be realistic with yourself and, you know, say, you know, okay, Russell Wilson is incredible, but at some point we have to acknowledge the fact that not every offense is going to be this crazy. Russell Wilson is not Tom Brady at the end of the day, as much as we would like to say, you know, they, I mean, athletically he is better, but Russell Wilson isn't Tom Brady. He's not going to go into a new offense and just transform this thing and become great right away. I think Russell Wilson is great after, um, you know, great through adversity. And he says that a lot and it's true. He's, he's great through adversity. And I think he's the best. I think that what gives me so much faith is that, Russell Wilson has been through a lot of shit to where the point where I know that he's going to get out of that hole and he's going to lift this team because there's no better leader that I want for this team to, you know, show that experience, rub it off on the teammates and just get this thing going. I think he can, he can really help this team bounce back. A lot of fans are overlooking that and kind of losing hope, but you know, there, there always is faith. Um, and I understand, you know, with the product that we've seen so far, it's very hard to have hope and, you know, believe in that. Um, But I don't know me. I just have this really good feeling in my heart about Russell Wilson. I mean, this, this dude has been, has been through a lot. I mean, you know, a lot of fans are probably thinking, you know, well, he's had multiple winning seasons in Seattle, but this dude has battled through injuries. He's battled through changes within the offense. Um, Their defense has not been as great as, you know, uh, people have said uh, in Seattle. The offensive line has been dog water his entire career there. Um, it, he's been he, he has had to go through a lot, and you know it doesn't look like that because he's been so successful. And I mean, I think the Seahawks were successful because Russell Wilson was Russell Wilson. I mean, they did have uh, you know granted really good defense a few years with the Legion of Boom, but I don't know me. I just have a really good feeling about Russell Wilson. Um, I think uh, if if there were any other quarterback, then, you know, we would have to account for more of improvement from Nathaniel Hackett. But I don't know. I just, I have a lot of faith in Russell Wilson. Um, I like, I like his, uh, you know, potential even on this team. I think even though he's 32, this dude still looks like he's, he's young and he's capable of a lot. Um, I think the, the reason he hasn't been running it as much is just because the Hackett and the offensive staff have been, overly protective and don't want to get their quarterback injured because they know if Russ, if Russ gets injured, which he already is, if Russ gets injured and he misses games, we're, we're screwed. Even if, if he's out for the season, we're, we're, we're screwed. I mean, no, no discredit or hate to Brett Rippon, but that's just the way it is. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, we kind of, I kind of went on a little rant there, but I, 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 li- I like what I see from Russell Wilson. I just have a, I just have a good feeling about him. Maybe that's just me, but. You know, I mean, I, I just, you know, I base my takes off of what I've seen so far. and That's uh, fair. You know, and I mean, as far as right now, and I'd say like in the long term, I think it's pretty, pretty early to be getting concerned and thinking long term, like it is contract and whatnot. But, you know, I, I will, I will say in terms of this season, you know, I, 
I, I don't have a lot of hope. I don't have a good feeling. Uh, and I mean, after we've seen five weeks of this, I have no reason to believe that we'll see anything different. Uh, is it possible? Of course, but um, I, I'm with you on that. Like, I think I think uh, we're good with Russ in the long term. I'm just not sure if it's going to come together this season. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know. It, we're in, you know, we're in a really tough spot right now. Um, you know, it's a new offense, new coach, new pretty, I mean, new everything pretty much on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a staff that's heavily lacking experience. And, uh, you know, I think that's going to take, that's going to take time, but at the same time, I mean, and especially after watching the, the all 22 to the, to the Colts and Broncos game last week, uh, And like I said, you know, I usually walk away from watching the film feeling better than I did watching the game live. Last last Thursday was actually probably one of the only times that I've been able to watch a full film session and confidently say that I feel worse uh, about our quarterback than I did while I was watching the game live. Uh, And it's just... uh, so many plays, you know, uh, I mean, two, I mean, there were two to three plays just in that game that could have been easy touchdowns. You know, he missed Jerry for one, missed KJ for one. Uh, and that there was another one in there. Oh, and then there was a drop touchdown. Uh, you know, and I think Russ just, he, he seemed, he doesn't seem comfortable. Uh, that's, that's for one. And then two, uh, and, and I, I think, the offensive woes are like, I think a lot more plays into that than just Russ. Uh, but then again, you can't, you can't discount the fact that I mean, after watching the film, he just bl- made some blatantly idiotic decisions with the football. Uh, just like the, the one play, tr- like, I don't know if he was trying to just throw it up to KJ or, f- or if he was trying to throw it out of bounds. And then instead it landed right in the, right in the arms of a Colts defender with no one around him for probably 10 yards. Um, and then, and then just, uh, missing Jerry, the timing on, on, uh, there uh, could have been touchdown, missed him on timing. Uh, and then just, uh, supposed to uh, another place supposed to be a tight end screen and our tight end ends up engaging too long and Russ has to throw it up the feet. Uh, and, and then too, just that, I, and that's another thing we should probably touch on, you know, just with his shoulder injury. I definitely think that could be causing some of the accuracy problems, but even then, yeah, you know, I, I've kind of also noticed that Russ has been struggling with accuracy all season, and he he injured that in the Raiders game, so he doesn't have that excuse throughout the first three games. Uh, and then two, it, it so I mean, the accuracy problems those can that can be fixed, and I I, I have no concern there really. Uh, definitely puzzling. But I've never seen mental regression like this from a quarterback before. It's just he's not – he's missing reads, missing throws, uh, just making blatantly dumb decisions with the ball. Uh, and it's it, it's just I, – I don't I, – I don't know where you I – don't, I don't know where you go from here. Uh, that's just – like I 100% you can make the argument maybe Russ isn't uh, – like a hundred percent of them, like what he used to be, you know, he's 33 late in his career, uh, whatever. But even then, you know, Russ, like he, he still, when he, the rare times that he has gotten out of the pocket and scrambled and made plays with his legs, he doesn't look any different than what he was in Seattle. 
He just exactly. He's just doing it less frequently. And then two, if you look at if you look at the games that we've won, what is a common factor in all in both of them? Towards the end, when we needed when we needed to make a play, Russ used his legs, and the offense was work. The offense was clicking. You notice both games that we won. Mm-hmm. And he, and not and not even uh, not even in the games that we won, even just the games that like in the in the short spurts of like the short periods of time where the offense has been working, uh, Russ has been using his legs. Uh, you know, it's not a coincidence. Uh, and I, I don't know why that I don't know why they're trying to just turn him into some like just stereotypical pocket passer. Uh, but that's like that that's not what makes Russ great. I mean, that's. Like, I, I guess this is kind of extreme, but I mean, that's just like Lamar and I'm not trying to take anything away from Lamar, but what makes him so great is his ability to make plays with his legs. Um, and I, I'm not calling him a running back, but he is a player. I mean, it, it's, it's so amazing because it's like having uh, a great starting quarterback and also having like a top tier running back in one player. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look at, Look at Fields on Thursday night. If you didn't let him get outside of that pocket, you guys are losing a lot worse, and he's having the worst stat line you'll ever see, like a worse than Paxton Lynch stat line. Exactly, and that and that is that is their number, and that is Chicago's number one problem uh, problem right now. Is that I mean they're they're not they aren't calling plays and scheming around Justin Fields. Yeah, I they're, think there's a stat like like on the broadcast before. Um, the game they said like there was only like 13 design runs through their first five games for Justin Fields um, and not even like design runs just like plays that resulted in him using his legs um, that's just that's just crazy I mean Luke that's Getsy, unacceptable and it's crazy because Luke Getze and Hackett are from the same system it's that West Coast offense maybe it's just a, it's got to be a schematic thing in my opinion yeah, exactly. You know, and that's uh, and that's just one thing that like they've both got to. And I, I, I did, and I, you know, I've thought about that a few times today. I find it interesting that both Getzy and Hackett both have mobile quarterbacks at their disposal. Both have seen significant, and I mean, I think you also have to put in for context. You know, the Bears have a significantly less talented offense and roster than us, but um, it's just, I mean. Justin Fields, I mean, like, I, I know the kid can make plays, and yeah. but they aren't they aren't scheming to his strengths, and it kind of yeah. seems like that's exactly what we're seeing here in Denver. Uh, until we start using uh, Russ's legs as not like I'm not saying you have to, I'm not saying we have to come up with all these creative packages, even just the willingness to scramble. I mean, Russ is just sitting there pocket collapsing around around him and now he's just taking taking the sack when in previous like every year of his career uh he you know he gets out of the pocket scrambles around makes stuff happen and Mm. it's and we haven't seen that and then if i mean if you really do look at it that like that's what makes russ great i he would still probably be a starting quarterback without his mobile ability and like same with lamar but uh, I'm not taking away from, I'm not taking away any from anything from either of them, just as like far as throwing the football goes, but that like the ability to, to extend plays and use their legs or even design specific plays for like, for Lamar and exa- like as Lamar, for uh, example, 
It's just when you when you, like that is what makes them great, and that's what separates them from other quarterbacks. Yeah, no, uh, I know what you mean because like I see Russ in the shotgun way too much, and this dude isn't getting any le- looks at like in in the bootleg play action where he's able to just like get out of the pocket, use his legs, and kind of just like use the defense to their uh, his his advantage and kind of you know play with the the coverages and find receivers. Um, you know, on certain sides of the fields, even throw like cross body. I feel like Russ is, I honestly, a lot of people haven't noticed this. Russ really improved his um, like arm angles on his throws. A lot of people haven't noticed that. I feel like in this, like the slight amount um, of like pass plays that we've seen him do it, he's looked really good at that. And it's kind of, he's done it a few times to Sutton. Um, and I, that's another thing, like comparing this to Justin Fields, his situation he is so good in the bootleg. Like he actually, he actually looks really solid there. And I mean, I, I understand what people are probably thinking. You know, you can't always have your quarterback doing that, but it's an, you have to mix that up in your play calling. You can't expect Russ to be sitting there in the gun. Like as, it seems like this 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 coaching staff is just too escape too afraid for Russell Wilson to take a hit. And I mean, the offensive line is already going downhill, so you might as well just start calling plays to Russ's. Um, potential. I mean, this is the National Football League. You're going to get your ass fucking slammed to the ground. You're going to take hits. Russell Wilson's been in the league for a long time and has dealt with a trash O-line for a long time. He knows what it's like. Um, it just seems like they're always getting him as far as away from the, the the pass rushers as possible. And they, they kind of, um, I, I mean, I know they they have it emphasized too much of like getting the ball fast. I mean, we have, I think we're eighth in the league for uh, most explosive plays, but I don't know. It just offensive coaching staff is value uh, valuing, you know, protecting Russ more than putting up points. Yeah. And that's just, uh, and I, yeah, I, I just absolutely can't, can't get on with that at all. You know, yeah. uh, if you want to win football games and if you want to get the play, like if you want to get the Russell Wilson that you expected Take the risk. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, if you, if you want to get the Russell Wilson and the quarterback that you traded for, then you, I mean, you have to let him, you know, you have to build around him and you have to, you have to play call and, uh, you know, just structure your offense around what he does well. And mm-hmm. so, and we've seen, ex- we've seen exactly the opposite. So, yeah, that that's definitely one thing I'll be looking for this week and just in, for the rest of the season is uh, whether Russ and, and uh, the coaching staff is willing to, you know, let him get out there, start extending the plays more because it's wor- it. I mean, just looking at the film, it when when he when he rarely does do it, it works. Yeah, I think Hackett misinterpreted the uh, phrase "let Russ cook." They think, yeah, let's drop him ten yards back and let him launch it down the field. Fuck it, courts down there. <laughs> No, nah, I'm playing, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe let we need to turn turn that uh idea around. You know, let Russ be Russ. Um, but yeah, that that was quite of a long rant we had there for uh, Russell Wilson. I mean, hey, we we want to see Russ. We want to see Russ. You know, be the best that he can be. We want to see Russ be the quarterback that we knew he used to be. Um, that you know, like you said, that's a big thing we're looking for in this uh, Chargers game. Um, I think that's a good way to uh, wrap up that part. Um, let's go ahead and jump into uh, fantasy football with Trayton. Um, third week in a row we have this segment. Um, super, super exciting doing these. Uh, we love doing these. Um, first question today, 
uh, is Will T. Um, he asks, will, Kirsch, will Christian Kirk bounce back and continue high-level production? Um, I'm assuming he's considering uh, like trading him or whatever, but um, what, what do you think about Christian Kirk, and do you think people should uh, keep him on the roster? I know it's super early, but what do you think? You know, and I think uh... – if you're asking that question, like if you're considering trading him, I, I, you know, again, it would all depend on like what you're able to get. Um, I don't really know if you can, I mean, he's definitely not a sell high candidate. If you get some egregious offer that you can't pass up, then of course uh, make the deal. But it just with the way that they're using him in this Jags offense, uh, I, I, I have no reason to, I think he's still going to continue to continue to perform at a high level. Uh, at least for fantasy purposes, you know, and uh, that's just like looking looking at this Jags offense. It's so hard to kind of gauge where they're at. I mean, one week they put up thirty eight on the Chargers, and then you know, a few weeks later they put up uh, six on the Texans, uh, which makes absolutely no sense. Uh, I think I think Trevor Lawrence is still going through some. Like, you know, just yeah, like issues that you see from young quarterbacks. But I, I think that offense would be fine. So, I mean, my take on Christian Kirk is I, yeah, I would keep him on your roster uh, unless, again, unless it's like an absolutely egregious offer that you can't turn down. Nice, nice. Uh, Braun, better than MJ, asks, well, by the way, your uh, username's completely invalid. Um, he asks, he asks uh, Alan Robinson or Terry McLaurin? Well, it's a bit too late for that, uh, <laughs> considering Terry McLaurin played last night. Um, but I, I really hope that you started Terry. Really hope that you started him. <laughs> what kind of game? What kind of game did he have? Uh, well, three receptions for forty-one yards, and that's it's actually kind of sad that I'm saying it. Saying, oh that. yeah, Allen Robinson just getting I mean, absolutely that's just no where looks. We're at. I, I would be – if Allen Robinson put up three catches for 41 yards this week, I would be thrilled. So, yeah, I think that's where we're at with Robinson. I don't even think he's worth the roster spot anymore. So, uh, you must be in a really deep league. This this question's really obvious to me. Um, Griff Linder uh, asks, Raheem Moser or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Oh, that's actually really, really interesting. Um, I mean, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, um, I don't know what his stats have been looking like, but I know Jeremy McKinnon has been looking slightly better, I think. But, I mean, they're going against the Bills' defense. Yeah, I don't, you know, and that's that's what scares me too, not even just the matchup, but, like, Ed- Edwards-Hilaire, his usage has been going down. And then, too, I mean, he, like, he has had an amazing start to the fantasy season, like, in the, in the very beginning, uh, like against the Bucks, and I just like the first four ish weeks through the season, he's gone absolutely nuclear. Uh, but he's he's scored a lot of touchdowns, which is great. But touchdowns are fluky; those are not a uh, like that. That's what's been inflating his fantasy performances so much is the fact that he's scoring touchdowns. Um, and I mean, obviously, that's a great. I mean, that's a great trait to have. And one of your fantasy players, but I don't really think that that's sustainable or something you can count on all season long, um, or even on a game to game basis. Uh, so I I would definitely lean Mostert here, actually. 
I, I think this is a good question. Hoodie Haiko asks, should I trade away Najee Harris? Uh, it depending depends on the format. Um, mm-hmm. Well, actually, it doesn't. I mean, I, 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 I would be getting rid of Najee. I mean, I would have been getting rid of Najee weeks ago. Uh, but and I did, luckily. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, especially in Dynasty, if you have Najee in Dynasty, uh, you're probably not in that bad of bad of a position. But if you are in Dynasty, I would even I would recommend you trade him even like even more so. Um, but yeah, I'm redraft or Dynasty. I I I would be doing everything I possibly can to get him out. Uh. Yeah, just you know, Jalen Tomlin already came out and said that Jalen Warren, their backup. I mean, he he's looked more explosive than Najee has, uh, and I he he's already said that his role is going to increase. Uh, Najee did finally take a, a metal plate out of his out of his shoe, I believe. Uh, finally, that was like a it, it was injury related since the beginning of the season, but. Mm. I don't really expect to see much from Najee, uh, the Steelers' offensive line. I mean, it's not as bad as everyone seems to think it is. Uh, it's still not great, though. So, uh, yeah, I any format that you're in, I would be doing everything I can in my power to be getting rid of Najee. Um, J- Junior Garcia asked, should I – I feel like he's kind of trolling. I'll ask this, though, since it's a Broncos podcast. Yes, should I start Boone, Murray, or Gordon? Um, well, definitely not Murray. <laughs> I, I mean, I think Melvin Gordon has to be the start here. It's not, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, uh, yeah, a report or not a report necessarily, but, uh, Albert Albright did tweet today that Melvin would be the, he would be the lead back. And then, uh, Latavius would be getting third down goal line situational, uh, touches. So. I mean, I guess you can't really go wrong with Latavius, but I Melvin Gordon is definitely the start there. All right, that's going to wrap it up for that uh, fantasy football segment. Um, hope you guys enjoyed that one. Make sure to uh, look at my story weekly um, for those uh, questionnaires to uh, submit your questions for. Um, so we're going to go ahead and wrap this uh, very long episode. Uh, if you guys stayed all the way to the end, man, I really appreciate you, seriously. Um, as I always say, you are the GOAT if you're supporting this podcast. Um, we're going to go and wrap this one up. As always, our weekly predictions. Um, who do you have being the offensive and defensive uh, studs for the Broncos this week on the stat sheet? Offensively. Um, that's actually a really good question because I don't even know where to go with this one. Yeah, um, it really could go either way. I, you know, I guess if we're going just by like more or less predictions and who I think will have a day versus who I want to have a day, I I just got to go back to Sutton uh, because, and that's another point you, you made. uh, I kind of want to add on to it. You know, this, I mean, what you said earlier perfectly describes this offense. I mean, this offense is a, just literally um, if, if the, if the sentence, fuck it, Cortland's down there somewhere if that like that is this offense that is exactly what we've seen so (laughs) until I see Russ start kind of spreading the ball around more and not just looking for those one-on-one matchups with court uh I I think he's probably gonna be my guy every week (laughs) uh and then as far as defense 
Shit, do we know if Simmons is going to play yet? Do we have any idea on him? Uh, he is highly expected to play. Expected to play. Um, Which, by the way, um, sorry to interrupt you. That completely reminds me. I completely uh, forgot to hit this. Um, the new side of this episode, I want to go ahead and touch on the uh, injury report. This is not the final injury report. The final injury report comes out uh, Saturday. Uh, we're recording this today as of uh, October 14th, Friday. Um so very long injury report. Um, if you guys have not seen, um, as of Friday, Josie Jewell did not practice. Uh, if I'm being honest with you guys, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't expect him to play. Um, I think he'll be limited at best tomorrow. Um, Dalton Reisner, I don't think he. Uh, I'm sure the Broncos would rather just have him sit this one and uh, insert uh, Cushion. I'm sorry, uh, Graham Glasgow into this uh, starting offensive line. Um, Jonathan Cooper is limited as well as um, Melvin Gordon, Damari Mathis, Quinn Miners, Eric Sauber, Caden Stearns, Billy Turner, K1 Williams, Mike Boone. Um, those guys are all limited. I'm sorry, uh, Mike Boone was full. Um, and uh, also Baron Browning, PJ Locke, Latavius Murray, Aaron Patrick, Darius Phillips, Mike, Mike Purcell, and Russell Wilson were all full practice participants as of Friday. Um, that is our week, uh, our injury report as of today. Uh, Russell Wilson is looking a lot better. He's making, it said his uh, shoulders feeling a lot better after that PRP injection. Um, he obviously tore his lat against the, uh, the Raiders, but um yeah, I mean today there are some uh, pra- there are some uh, participants that were limited that are now full, so that's encouraging to see. But the Broncos still have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven players that could possibly be inactive on Monday. I mean that's a league high. That's absolutely insane. Uh, I mean that's something to take into account for our predictions right now. But um, yeah, defensive defensively, what do you got? It's looking like Justin Simmons is going to play. Oh man. Well, actually, you know what? Uh, I think I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go with history. Uh, I, I think PS2 is gonna have another game against the Chargers. You think they're? You think they're gonna test him after what happened again? Uh, happened last time. You know, I, I think I, I. I don't think that. Uh, I, I. I don't think that if PS2 gets a pick, I don't think it's gonna be. I, I think it'll probably be like what it was off of last year. I mean, mostly what we saw. I, I think even like the same kind of stood true for last year as well. We didn't play the Chargers until like late, like late mid to late season. So, uh, I mean, like I think at that point, just with how good PS2 was in his rookie year, I kind of think that everyone already knew that you weren't going to get much on like on his side of the field. So, uh I think I think it's gonna look like what it did last year, uh, defensively at least. And I I think if he does get a pick or even two like he did last year, I think it's probably gonna come off of like Justin Herbert getting just dealing with an insane amount of pressure, making a you know just an ill advised throw or um or even just I I, I think PS two is gonna find a way to get I think he's gonna get one, but I, I think I uh. think it'll probably be a be a pressure like be from pressure and just making like an errant throw i like that um yeah i think i think ps2 having a big game um i mean he always has big games but a big game on the stat sheet is gonna have a lot to do with um whether or not keenan allen's active because i mean look at look at the, the 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 targets i mean mike williams has been getting 
all the targets. And obviously, Averro's going to have um, PS2 on their best receiver. So if if Allen's out, which we really don't know, it's kind of 50-50 right now. Um, he's been limited to practice. Um, if Allen's out, then PS2 is going to be on Mike Williams. And, you know, obviously, um, I would assume that PS2 is going to do a really good job against him. And then after that, who is who is uh, Herbert going to really want to look to? I mean, Josh Palmer? I mean, I'm sure Josh Palmer could have a good game, but I, I think Herbert – I can see where you're coming from. I think Herbert could uh, really kind of rely on his uh, trust and chemistry with Mike Williams and try to test PS2 a few times today. Um I mean, it's not like they're going to stay completely away from him. Um, I mean, I don't think that's how it always works. Obviously, we saw Russell Wilson kind of underestimate Stephon Gilmore uh, last week, and look what happened. But, yeah, I mean, uh, maybe maybe PS2 has some game-changing plays like uh, Stephon Gilmore had last week. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm not it's that one. Um, for me, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, the the Chargers have really been suffering some injuries on those uh, on the tackle positions. Um, Rashawn Slater obviously out for the season. Um, I would expect with you know that the rookie tackle not starting at the left tackle spot. Um, I would expect uh, Baron Browning to have a really good game. This dude is so underrated. People are gonna know who Baron Browning is really soon. Um, he is someone who you know we talked a lot about Demar Mathis earlier in the episode, but. We didn't talk about enough of Baron Browning. This dude is has he's coming off six quarterback hits in a game. Um, I thought it was seven quarterback hits, but uh, according to the Pro Football Reference, it was six quarterback hits in one game. That's insane. Um, obviously, if you saw my Instagram post, that's the same amount of quarterback hits that Pro Bowl uh, edge on the Panthers Brian Burns has had all season. Um, he's been healthy, so yeah, that's that's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, I think Baron Browning is someone that a lot of people need to look forward to. I'm going to go ahead and pick Baron Browning for this one. I like his chances a lot. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, Cortland Sutton, just Cortland Sutton. He owns the Chargers. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Sutton in this one. But don't be surprised if Russ uh, has a coming out game, um, you know, cross crossing our fingers. But I'm going to go ahead and take Sutton and Baron Browning for uh, my predictions. Um, and I want to kind of uh, throw, throw it back to you. Um, pause. <laughs> <laughs> why, why did i say that um i'm gonna go ahead and pass it back to you uh what are your score predictions for today uh people aren't gonna like this one but i i just have no optimism that any hope that i once had is gone at least as of now i got chargers 31 to 20 the chargers they man they've been putting up like around um they obviously 24.4 points per game, but they've been putting up aside from those games where they scored 24, they've been putting up in like the high thirties and mid thirties. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're going up against their, the their uh, biggest defensive uh, um, test this season. So, I mean, for their fan base, that's something to take into account. Um, man, I really just can't see myself putting the chargers like under that 24 point mark for this game. Um, and then our offense obviously has not put up more than 23 points per game this season. Obviously, when you look at that, when you, when you look at it like that on paper, um, it isn't in our favor. I believe we're underdogs in this game. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. This game, it really could go either way. Um, I battled it in my head. I'm going to go ahead and be optimistic in this one. I think the Broncos are going to edge this one out 26 to 24. I gotta, I gotta have hope. I, I'm, you know, I'm obviously I want to guess this game correctly, but 
Um, I don't know. I just I'm having a feeling that the Broncos um, it's just going to be another Broncos and Chargers game. Um, exclude everything that you've heard. Um, the Chargers are going to be the Chargers. I feel like um, it's going to be another one possession game and the Chargers aren't going to be able to hold on to this one. I'm going to go ahead and take the Broncos in an upset victory um, here, 26 to 24. Um, uh, with that being said, that's going to wrap up today's episode. Uh, it was great talking to you, man. Um, obviously, we jumped into a lot of the Russell Wilson uh, media talk, um, the future stuff, uh, talked a lot about um, just the statistics for this game, how things have looked. Brand, we talked a lot about Brandon Staley um, and the defenses on both sides. Um, and just like, you know, hopefully this offense can get it together, man, because this fan base, man, we, we, we're waiting. We're waiting and um, we're just looking for that game where we could finally turn it around like the fans are hoping. Um, if you guys enjoyed today's episode, make sure to leave a rating, follow and have notifications on on Spotify and Apple Podcasts uh, for the Broncos Avenue Podcast. Um, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Seriously, all support means the world to us. Um, makes it easier for us to keep uh, pushing out content for you guys. This is my favorite thing to do in the world, and you guys are making it possible. So I really appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. Um, uh, until the next one, peace.